Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Deeply Rooted Business Podcast. My name is Jess. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Rachel. Hello. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about navigating the types of support available to you in online business. I know when a lot of potential clients first reach out to me, one of the things that they put on their application is that they're unsure of the type of support that they need. So we're hoping that this conversation will help you, one, become aware of all the different types of support there are available to you as a small business owner and how to choose the right kind of support and match that to the stage of business or the stage of growth that you're in so that you're getting the most bang for your buck. Yeah, I think one of the biggest pitfalls in the support area is that people overcommit their investment budget in the coaching space and have absolutely zero budget when it comes to hands-on implementators, service providers, and all of that. I see that as something big where, oh, I just invested in this $10,000 mastermind. I have no budget. But we're going to go through the various levels of support and the types of support so that you can see when you are reaching that growth spurt in business that possibly a coach isn't what you need there, that it's a delegation support system of some sort. So we're going to go through all of that. And hopefully you guys find this episode very helpful. I know we talked about this in episodes previously, but we talked about looking at the support you bring on and your team members that you bring on through the situational leadership lens. So matching your developmental level of a business, of your as a business owner to the types of support that is available to you. So you have people that can do it and then you have people that can coach it. And sometimes you just need people to jump in there and get stuff done for you at some point because you're maxed out on time. Let's first start out by talking about the some of the pitfalls of just, and we went over this a little bit already, but the pitfalls of investing in the wrong support. Number one, like Rachel mentioned, it can be financial draining if you're investing in the wrong support. I'm sure as a small business owner, you're operating expenses to keep those as minimal as possible. And the budget that you have for support is finite. So it's important to really take a proactive approach to figuring out the type of support you need and then finding the right person to fill that hole. One of the things that I've noted that a lot of people don't do is put aside a certain amount of reserves for investing. And then that's why when you get shiny object syndrome or you get very interested in a new program, it can be easy to kind of not have that guidance to be, do I have the budget for this? And then you stretch yourself a little too thin. So I think that's also something on the financial drain side to be aware of is that as you're establishing your books of some sort, I use Novo as a banking system and they have these really amazing systems where you can say, create a reserve bucket and it takes 1% of all inbound transactions and it puts 1% towards investments. I have another one for taxes. That can be something that can really support you as you start to get into investing in whatever type of support that you don't find yourself struggling to make ends meet on your own side because you haven't prepared yourself to make investments in your business. That's an important shift that gets missed when you're moving from the startup phase of your business to the stretching phase is 
Yes, maybe when you're first starting out, you might go into a little bit of the red area as you begin to resource yourself and invest in the systems and support that you need to get your business going. But as you're maturing and moving into your two, three, four of your business, you really should be setting aside some of your profit to be able to do that type of investment that Rachel is talking about. And that was something that wasn't very apparent to me at first. I was actually talking to my mom's boss. She works for this guy. She has worked for him since I was born. So they've been together. I think they're closer than my parents' marriage. But I was asking him for his business advice because he grew his business from nothing to literally make $12 million a year. And I was asking him, what advice he had for me as somebody that was newer to business. And he just said the first couple of years, he just invest, had a set budget. He took care of his family, but then he had a set budget for investing back into his business to build and expand his team and the support he needs. The second pitfall, what would you say that is? So financial drain. And then the second one would be wasted time. Yeah. I think this is one of those that I have personally, and this is very revealing. But to me, I would get sucked into a lot of the coaching programs that had make X amount of money consistently and make this system. And it always made me feel I've never, I didn't have a secret key that they were offering or a secret formula to consistently do this and this. And I really got sucked into a lot of foundational business coaching programs, probably about year one or two. And as I was going into the program, I was like, oh my God, I know all of this stuff. This is such a waste of my time. If only I would have trusted myself that I knew what I was doing or at least understood the landscape of the online space where consistency is what you make it. Consistency in your own business as far as results and leads and stuff. It's all built off of systems and stuff. And so if I would have just had an ounce of self-trust to be like, Girl, you know that you don't need to invest this program into this program. I would have saved a lot of time because I do tend to lean on that side or maybe they just know something I don't. No, they're all preaching the same thing. Yeah. And I think an even worse kind of situation that you can get yourself into is if you're really moving from a reactive state is sometimes you can even get sucked into programs or learning things that is not right for your particular business or your particular strategy. And you can go down this path of trying to pursue. I'm thinking about a particular time I got sucked into a program where it was about creating a certain type of offer, VIP days. And it brought me down this path that it really wasn't right for my business. And I wasted a lot of time and effort and energy trying to build out this new offer that really wasn't strategically aligned with my values or my vision for the business. But I was just, oh, this is a way for me to grow really quickly. So I think always reflection first to be proactive in your investments. So then the third one is just mismatched ex expertise. And I'm going to let Rachel rant on this one because she <laughs> in post. On her. Yeah, I literally have this pinned as one of my top three posts in my profile on Instagram because it's something that I experience on a very consistent basis where people need support to increase their, to improve their customer journey, to do all of this stuff. And they have this idea that an email marketer is a copywriter. And that's 
somewhat true. There are components of copywriting inside of email strategy. There are so many layers to it. And you can even think about this. A general OBM may have launch support, but a launch strategist is more beneficial to you if you're in that consistent launching space than just a general OBM. So really understanding the actual need and the actual support that you need rather than going for, oh, this person, she has really good copy and her clients are this and that. But if you need support, building engagement, running A-B tests, segmenting properly, that's not a copywriter. That's an email marketer. So there's a lot of those buckets, especially in the online space where people create their own titles and their own categories for service providers that you can easily get stuck into. And that's another time suck or big pitfall that you might experience as you're going into what do I need help with and all of that. Yeah, I think it's so important before you move into the hiring phase. And when I do hiring for clients, this is what I do with them is to really identify both the skills and the competencies that you're looking for to fill in your business. Because you want to have that balance. You want to have a balance of inner in, energetics. So a lot of my clients will be more of that COPPA here. I won't go in for energetics again, but they'll be more of that COPPA client and they need me to light a fire under them. Or if we have two really airy Vada people, they're not going to get a lot done. So one, identifying the skill set that you need for that person, because I think a lot of people working in online business can develop a or I know for myself, have a wide range of skills, but I'll be perfectly upfront with somebody when they when someone wants to come up to me and be like, I want to do a launch using ads. And I'm, that is not my strategy. I'm more of an organic launch type of girl. So knowing what skills, how this person is going to tie into your strategy, and then what kind of competencies or energies that you're looking to fill is really super important when you go for going into that interviewing phase with that service provider. Yeah. All right. So let's go in. Should we talk about benefits of the right support? I think we can quickly go over this, but the benefits of right of hiring the right support is you're going to get strategic guidance based on their expertise and their experiences. I was actually talking to a potential client yesterday where I was highlighting one of the benefits of working with me is that because I focus on integrative wellness professionals, mostly dietitians, is that I have an overview of all the different business models of all the different packaging models. And I can tell you the pros and cons of each of them because I have clients that do separate ones. They're tapping into that expertise and knowledge. And I think that's why it's so important to know what type of support and get as niche as possible as you can when hiring person. Totally. I think it saves you a lot of time in the training process when you have someone who is familiar with that stuff. It's almost like why they tell service providers or coaches or whatever to niche down because your processes can be streamlined it, compared to if you're just hiring a generalist. They may have experience in all of these other things and you have to train specifically in that. I think I find that to be my biggest challenge when I'm hiring right now. I need a marketing assistant, a virtual marketing assistant, but who understands email platforms that everywhere I've been looking, that virtual assistant is social media, is graphic design. And I'm like, no, I need an email specific one. 
And so I think that's definitely, I've wasted a lot of time hiring people that I'm a quick learner and I can pick up those things and then they just don't. So I think it is one of those things that's really important. It's a massive benefit that if I had someone I can just come in and do it, I'd be like, yes, please, you're hired. Well, I think about that too. And when I see clients invest in courses that are general launch courses, and I'm like, if you're in the health and wellness field, your launch is going to be so much different than a business to business launch. So whenever you're trying to vet courses or service providers, it's important to really keep that niche specific in mind. Totally. So another benefit of hiring the right support is being able to tap into their resources. I already mentioned how I can give you a strategic guidance from what I see working in other businesses. But because I've worked in that specific niche, I've now developed templates and a network of other providers who have who can support these specific clients as well. Yeah. Right, just like nothing to add there. <laughs> I am terrible at hiring, so I should probably just put on my listener ears here instead of offering feedback that doesn't support myself. <laughs> and then finally, it just benefits of well, and the final benefit of bringing on the right support is breaking through your blind spots and accelerating your growth. Yeah, I will say that this is one though that can easily go into the delegation and the outsourcing space. I don't need, and I'm going to use myself as an example because it's something I have been teetering with for probably about a good six months to a year where I need to know and I need to learn the ins and outs of SEO. Do I need that? No, I don't. That's not what I offer. It's not any of my services. Would it just be easier for me to outsource that and let somebody else with that specialty take on? Yes, 100%. But in my brain, I should learn this myself. And I have wasted so much time trying to learn this. Props to those SEO peeps because it is not my cup of tea. But it is one of those things that if you don't enjoy it, if it's not in your zone of genius, 100% outsource it. You don't need to get stuck into the weeds of it if it's not going to ultimately support the bottom line if you do it. Yeah. I think having a general understanding of how it works or having someone on your team that you trust is important so that you're getting results. But yes, I would never try to go figure out how to run a an ad because not in my zone of genius. So don't want to waste that time, money, and effort happening. All right. So let's talk about the different types of support and where we think the point in your business journey would be the best to bring this person on. One is mentorship. So mentorship really is, I think when you're just first starting out, it can be a wonderful thing to tap into. Mentorship is getting advice from someone who is doing the thing that you want to be doing. And you can do paid mentorship or you can do networking mentorships. When I first started out my business, I invested in mentorship. There was another OBM that I saw. And at this point, I really wasn't exactly sure what an OBM did. So I scheduled a 90 minute call with her. She kind of walked me through everything that she provided for her service and gave me some tips and resources to go to, to kind of get started on this journey my own. Yeah, I definitely have had that similar experience as I went from service provider to micro agency, which is a current transition that I'm in. I've got the incredible mentorship where it's un unfiltered advice from someone who has done it in a way that I would to do it. 
I think that's definitely the difference from what we're going to talk about next, which is coaching, where I don't think coaching is that has that mentorship level. I think it has components of it. But I really do agree with your statement of people who are doing what you want to do, go into their space and kind of consume in an unfiltered container and ask the questions, learn what you don't know and all of that. I definitely think that's more in that coaching or in that mentorship sphere. Yeah. So another good investment, I think that when you're just starting out, and this is really depending on how scrappy you want to be, is tapping into specific service providers to get you off the ground. So depending on your budget, you may want to hire, you know, someone to do a landing page for you or help you get your Instagram set up and going. It's just really going to depend on your situation at the time and where you need support. I think for me, I did it all myself, but it took a lot longer for me to get started. So it's just at that place in time when you're just starting out, what are you more resourced with? If you're resourced with a lot of time, then figure out how to do it yourself and get scrappy. But if you really need to make money quickly, then investing in specific service providers to help you get things off the ground can really be a great way to go. Yeah. And I want to note, you said service providers, which I think is super, super important because I think when people are starting out, they do a lot of investing in coaches. They're hesitant to hire the service provider to then support them in that space. And I think if you're listening to this and you are in that kind of first year of business, like Jess said, if you have time, try to learn it yourself, try to take on. But if you really want to bring something up to speed, like launching a program, hiring someone to write that copy, get you through that trial and error is a lot easier than going through a launching coaching container where they're just going to tell you how to do it and then you still have to do it. Yeah. Or even worse courses. I think I wasted so I can't even tell you how many courses or those giant bundle things were really popular in 2020 when yeah. I was just getting started. So I'd buy a bundle and try to learn all 100 things that were in that bundle and implement into my life. And if I would have just outsourced that stuff, I would have made traction so much quicker. All right. Totally. So from starting to stretching, I think this is where coaching can really come in to help empower you, break through any mindset blocks that you may be having. You're having specific issues with focus or that sort of thing. I think at this point when you're starting to stretch your business and get into those kind of more uncomfortable bits, coaching can be really beneficial to help you pull you forward to the next stage. Yeah, I do see so much value in that kind of mindset therapy-based focus of coaching because it does get you from there's so many levels of self-awareness that you have to go through as a business owner. I always say running a business is a fire hose of self-awareness like straight to the face. You're challenged with imposter syndrome. You're challenged with self-doubt. All of those things can really cripple and hold you back in your business journey. And I've seen so many impactful coaches that really do get you to that next level and help you through it. Also a big fan of if you're in business, you should be in therapy too, because it brings up so much stuff that 10 out of 10, maybe a licensed professional should help you with that. From one place that I don't necessarily see a lot of value in is that kind of marketing coaching side of things, which I think is really funny because I am in that marketing space. But I think there's a lot of people out there that have maybe done something successful once and then build coaching programs around it. And 
I think that's more leaning into maybe I would rather go the service provider route than hiring a coach or a course to teach me how to do one thing one time when it's not a repeat system or something like that. That may be just me yeah, and my own world over here, but maybe not looking at a marketing coach, but more of a marketing strategist that's going to work with you to develop something that's unique to your business. Because once you're moving into that stretching phase, you're putting your roots down deeper and you're going to really need to start building those foundations to build your business the way that is uniquely yours. Yeah. And then as you begin to stretch your business too, this is when your business can start to feel a little more complex. Your time's going to get a little more crunched as you continue to bring on new clients or produce new products. So this is really when hiring a system specialist or someone with a management background can really be beneficial to help you establish those systems first to be able to not only maximize your time, but just create more flow in your business. Put in some processes because before you start really hiring a team, you're going to want to make sure that you've maximized and streamlined everything you can. Because if you throw someone into the mess, it's just going to compound those problems. Literally me. But also, I will add a note there. It is so beneficial, especially if you're a neurodivergent business owner struggling with some type of or embracing some type of ADHD, dyslexia, all of that stuff, the systems, the organizations, all of those kind of routine type elements, they don't come natural. And I say that because I am one of those neurodivergent business owners. It's not something that exists in my brain that I'm, yeah, let's do this. And that I'm checking this off every day or doing whatever that looks. So 100% instead of me trying to figure it out on my own, trying to build systems that work for me, I, I would to outsource that probably to Jess when she wants to hire me or when I want to hire her and really understanding that you don't have to do it all. There are people out there that have that expertise. And again, if it's not in your zone of genius, you do not have to force it to be just because you're a business owner and you wear 25 hats a day of all of the different roles and everything like that. So I would say that's one of those distinctions that's really trust that you can just outsource that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get on my systems rant, but I think this is the number one thing that you can do to protect your mental health as a small business owner is I really do believe that systems and processes are self-care. They're not sexy. Believe me, they are much, maybe I'm just biased, but I think they're much harder to sell than the marketing side of things. She was talking on to a new for a potential client yesterday on a discovery call. And she's like, okay, but when do we get to the fun part? And I'm like, this is going to make your life more fun down the road. I promise. Systems are the side of business that email marketing is to marketing. It's not sexy. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it's so impactful. <laughs> Maybe that's why we get along so well. Yeah. All right. Now we're moving into when you're scaling your business. And I think we talked about this before when we were talking about whether you invite coaching versus strat strategy. And I think as you begin to scale your business, it's really important to invest in a more consultant or strategist to provide expert guidance for optimizing your processes for scalability and helping you navigate the unique complexities that only your business has. Because once you get to a point, a problem that I'll see is they'll sometimes my clients will invest in a course or a coaching program and it's so generic. and yeah. 
so chock full of information, mostly that would take them a year to get through this, where you could just hire a strategist who have helped similar businesses you and you're going to accelerate your growth so much faster by going that route versus trying to take a course or coaching approach. Yeah, I think that the nuance of business needs to be considered when you are scaling your business because there is so much uniqueness. And it's, I'm going to say, I know I've said this in the past, but if somebody would have given you the roadmap to Google or Apple, you cannot replicate that in itself because there's so much uniqueness to how they built it. And your business is the exact same way. You are the secret sauce to your business. And so making sure your strategies work alongside of you is really important as you're in that scaling growth. You don't want cookie cutter marketing plans or marketing strategies to help you scale your business because it's just not going to work. And additionally, why I think that having a general VA on almost any team is essential to handle things inbox and scheduling and those kind of mundane day-to-day tasks. Once you've got your systems and processes set up, the next part of scaling is really starting to outsource to those experts in their specific areas. So those specialized service providers and areas, marketing, email marketing specifically, if you want to grow ads and ads, tech, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, totally. When you're responding, you're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's do a recap of types of support because I think there are so many that I think is really putting them into perspective of you have mentorship, coaching, consulting, service providers, management, general admin, and an in-team house. When you're choosing your support for the next stage of business or whatever that looks for you, really understanding that there are so many options and there's different needs for every option that exists out there. So as you are growing your support ecosystem, just keep that in mind because it's so important to remember. It's really important. I'm going to harp on my reflective and proactive planning again is as you're setting your goals for each quarter or even for the year, trying to take a proactive stance and thinking about what type of support do I want to bring on next? So one, you can start stashing away if you don't have it, the money to invest in that those types of people and you know when you're going to bring them on and what other things need to be put in place for that to happen. Yeah, I'm in that stage now with my business. I think I plan to hopefully hire two additional people this year. And once I do, it's going to be crazy because it's going to be really helpful for me. And I'm going to have all this free time. I'm like, what do I do with myself? But then I'm going to have to grow the business. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Support is it's sticky, but it's so necessary to wherever in your wherever stage of business you're in. Yes. All right. So we hope you found this helpful. And until next week, we're ready we're- for you.